Alright, a very good morning all. Heels, what a weekend we have just witnessed. Who said Test Cricket was dead and buried? Well, not us, Paddy, eh? <laughs> not now. <laughs> no, come on, what do you mean? Not, they're, they're people who don't know, and Richie Benno talks about people calling the death of Test Cricket since the 50s. Yeah, she was saying so, that. <laughs> so, no, and I'm sure someone earlier than that was, was saying that too. Mm. But uh, no, that, that's the way to play. It needs it needed Australia to be well off the mark. And uh, Shamar Joseph, my good, there's a, there's a name we'll hear forever. Yeah, dozen overs with a busted toe. We thought he was going to be in hospital for the second last day of the test. In fact, he came out. He didn't even bring his coffin, apparently. He left that home. And uh, all his playing gear was in his room, and they said, well, get kitted up, you're going out to bowl. He bowled a dozen straight, finished with seven wickets. And this is how it finished at the Gabba uh, late, late, late yesterday afternoon. He lets fly. Hazel's bowled! Shamar Joseph has bowled the West Indies to the most romantic of victories. And one of the truly great upsets in Test cricket history. He's off on a lap of honour. <laughs> It's a win and events that will reverberate right through international cricket and it might be the saviour of West Indies crickets. Shamar Joseph is a legend in his second Test match. Yeah, there were tears from West Indies greats in the crowds. Carl Hooper was seen, you know, brushing away a few tears. It was fantastic, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, Brian Lara was down there, Ian Bishop down there, uh, really enjoying and soaking up a victory by some young men. they I haven't seen a test team so inexperienced as that one. Mm. Um, and they didn't play that well until Shamar went through us, Australia. Yep. Uh, they certainly needed him to get seven for 60s. What, what about the, the similarities between he and Tom Hartley for England? Mm. Seven for 62. He gets to bowl them over over the line against India. Um, is a fantastic performances. Well, I don't know what to do with myself now, Hill. So I've gone from cricket yesterday Rolling into the Tom evening with Tom Brady, which we'll talk about as the morning goes on. Home to watch the tennis final with Yannick Sinner mm-hmm. winning his debut Grand Slam Good and match. coming from two sets down. And then rolling into England last night, beating India. In first time India have been beaten when they've led by more than 100 on the first innings. They led by 190 on the first innings in Hyderabad mm. and still got rolled last night. There's so much to talk about. Socceroos through into the quarters at the Asian Cup. Uh, the Diamonds winning again in the netball. They're just untouchable. They belted England by 20 goals overnight. Wow. But, yeah, look, the, this win was inspired by an Australian quick, by a fiery Australian quick. This Let's in- not beat around the bush. They were hopeless. Uh, we should have two divisions now. We can't have these weak sides coming out here. Mitchell Stark with a brand-new pink ball, he's going to run straight through them. Um, so I wouldn't think the game would go any further than three days. They're pathetic. Well, I look back at the West Indies of old and we're down stretching on the ground and they're running past in speedos and I'm going, gee, look at their muscles. These days, the West Indies, they'd be running past in overcoats. <laughs> well, Hoggy's forgotten that that team he was in was pretty pathetic. <laughs> you know, and, and the discrepancy between the nations has been this big, as I said last week. Yep. My first test was in Australia against the West Indies and we lost as badly as the West Indies lost in Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, so we, we have had our pathetic times. Okay, so that was Rodney Hogg, the Australian fast bowling great, just whacking the, uh, the West Indies after the first test. Craig Braithwaite had uh, had a few things in mind when he got the microphone yesterday afternoon. I must say, we had two words, you know, that inspired us in this last match. Mr. Ronnie Hogg said we're pathetic and hopeless. 
So, my, so, so that was our inspiration. We wanted to show the world we're not pathetic. And I must ask him, are these muscles big enough for him? <laughs> that background noise. Good stuff. Where was that? That, that was uh, in a post-match interview on the stage. Wasn't yeah. It? And the crowd wasn't going off like that. I think we've dubbed that in. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was some of the greatest entertainment a couple of thousand people could have yeah. in, in that. And, you know, Jared Waitley, for example, was one of them, had a tie in his head. Another tied test. It's going to yeah. happen. It's going to happen. And uh, Steve Smith got it down to eight runs. And uh, But Josh Hazelwood got an absolute ripping delivery from around the wicket and boof, straight into the top of off stump. Yeah. He played a perfect defensive shot just inside the line of the ball. It was oh, an incredible delivery, that one. Travis Head, what do they call it? King Ducks, is it? Yeah, a king, yeah, king Pair. Yeah. He got a King Pair. That means first ball, both, both innings. innings. And he's he's had a pair three times, I think. Yeah, okay. I think we we dragged out. Yeah, well, um, you know, I wasn't that happy with what uh, Pat Cummins uh, how how he dealt with it. Um, he's a bit too glowing of the West Indies. I like that bit, but I don't think he's sort of um, you know paying enough attention to his side's underachievement. I mean, the, yeah, that, they outplayed us. They played brilliantly, um, and yeah, I know a lot of the talk was coming to this that. You, um, you know, there's some debutants and some names that haven't travelled over here before. But uh, you know, once you put it down on an international eleven, uh, you know, you know it's going to be tough. Whoever you're playing, and they were fantastic. They've created a couple of new superstars that we didn't know about before the series. And as a cricket fan, as a Test match cricket fan, um, yeah, there's a part of me that was happy to watch. Obviously, mm. one of they played brilliantly. Oh, look, they bowled, they bowled well yesterday. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, that's not yeah. a test. I know. I know. He, well, seven for 60. They still took him for 60. Yeah. And off 10 overs, that's all. And we allowed him to get seven wickets. We only had to chase 216. Yeah. That that means they didn't play brilliantly until the last day. Yeah. And, and Australia let them into that match big time. So hopefully there was another question after that that sort of got his mind and his thinking on his own team because mm -hmm. that wasn't good enough. Okay. Well, it was good enough for Shamar Joseph. It's just a wonderful, wonderful sporting story. Uh, this is all my dream. I must say to play test cricket for the West Indies. I'm actually live here and I'm not afraid to see this. There, there will be times that um, T20 might come around, test cricket will be there. And I will say this live. I, I would always be available to, be able to play for the West Indies, no matter how much money it takes or come towards me. So I will always be here to play test cricket. Ooh, very, very early comments. <laughs> I would have thought so too. <laughs> I'm not sure he understands how much money he might be offered now <laughs> and he might have to sacrifice um, or go back on his word. Right. You know, I think some desperation comes in when bowlers get injured and they might have eight months out of the game and then the offers aren't there for the West Indies. He's not being selected in the West Indies team yet and he's got to go and ply his trade for, for a... A provincial team, uh, or maybe go to the IPL. Hmm. <laughs> well, you're with breakfast. Yeah, the Pat doctor. What? The doctor. How smart was their doctor? Dr. Byarm or whatever his name is. Uh, they mustn't have talked to him overnight. He rang him at 11 o'clock in the morning. He's still in bed. He says, "What? You, how's your foot? Well, it's very sore. It's no good. I'm, I'm not going to the ground today. Yeah, well, I think you should come to the ground and support the boys anyway. And... That's that's it. What they didn't check him and they didn't ice all night and it's 
it's like so lucky. Then he gets to the ground. He hasn't got his, his gear, as you said. Yeah. He's got the wrong shirt on. He comes out with tape all over the back of his shirt covering up someone else's name and number. Don't worry about that, mate. Just wear that one, but you don't have to tape it up. Anyway, they, they got all his gear there, and he's he finds that – and the doctor did something to his foot. Yeah. But he doesn't know what he did. He would have had he to needle it up, surely. Well, probably, eh? or, you know, whether that's anaesthetic and numbing type stuff or is yeah. it cortisone or is it – anyway, he just denies that he knows anything, what he did. <laughs> <laughs> and And he couldn't walk as well as he could run into bowl. Yes, I know. He was limping. Down at third man, he was terrible. He couldn't sort of rock up over his toes. But then he'd run in and slam down and bowl nearly 150 kilometres an hour for 10 overs in a row. And and the quote was beautiful. And he said, hey, skipper, skipper, uh, I will bowl till the last wicket falls. He was just going to bowl the right. whole time. No one else in that game had bowled more than seven overs straight. Yeah, it was riveting. It really was. It was brilliant. Hey, it's uh, Breakfast with Patton Hills. Uh, we're here for MFP Easy. They have been voted Queensland's best fibreglass pool builder. And, of course, our great friends at Hyundai. The Hyundai SUV sale event is on right now. Love to hear from you. There's so much to talk about. We've only scratched the surface in the first 12 minutes or so of the show. Open line, uh, the Suncorp Home Resilience open line, 13 13 55, or you can text us on 0467 736 736. Dimmy was uh, straight out of the boxes this morning. I love test cricket. Great result for the Windies at the Gabba, and what a win by England as well. And Hyderabad enjoyed watching all the Test cricket over the weekend. Congrats to the Diamonds as well. As I said, yeah, they've taken the Nations Cup easily. Uh, also, my Friday four-leg multi saluted. Yeah, that's yeah well, Dimmy, I've got your two-leg multi that didn't salute. So would that be right? Well, that was, Caulfield that was a... race two, number three, and Brisbane race eight, number one. That came fourth. Yeah, well. So, Dimmy, just put them all in there, mate. Oh, you got a couple that didn't salute. Obviously, I was on one. Yeah. Cassie <laughs> got a failed multi last week as well. No, no. Deming's one with the, uh, had two of the NHL matches, remember? Uh, no. It was a short price. I was one, only yeah. going on the one that was going to pay seven fifty. dollars <laughs> <laughs> well, Thank you, Deming, for your uh, for your involvement in the show today, even though Heels has turned what on you. What NRL? Know, did you say NFL? What did you do? No, the NHL. Remember the hockey league over there? You had the Edmonton Oilers and something else. Oh, and... yeah. It wasn't the Avalanche. That's right. You had a Colorado or some yeah. other team. Uh, what have we got on the show, Heels? Well, we've got Damien Fleming coming up uh, after that incredible finish. We've got Brett Phillips with an extraordinary Australian Open final. Yannick Sinner coming from two sets down. 22-year-old. Of course, we'll claim some responsibility so with Darren Cale there in his coaching box. Yep. He uh, provides a lot of security, I believe. And what about the doubles? Did you watch any of the end of that? No. Nope. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. That. What was that, after the men's presentation? No, it was after the women's. Oh, the night before. Yeah, the night before. Oh, so no, Ebden and Barana. Yeah, but combined age, 79. Something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 43 and 36. So, yeah. So they're now how old were the opponents? Uh, not sure. Not sure, but nowhere but, near that. Yeah. yeah. So there was, it was, it's been a great Australian Open. Um, you reckon? Craig Tiley said yesterday, the most successful ever. Wow. Uh, well over a million fans. They take that in from qualifying as well. You know, the amount of people that come for qualifying, which which wouldn't be too many, but uh, excluding last night's crowd, I don't know how big that was. They were over at a, they were at about a million and 64. Yes. Um, and of which they say 19% from interstate and about 8% from international. So a massive, yeah, a massive boost to mm-hmm. the, the economy there. But, yeah, Sinner and Sabalenka, Sabalenka, brilliant. I felt for 
uh, Sheng, she she was just distraught after the match. She was towed up by just, well, completely overpowered by Sabalenka. But we'll have Brett Phillips to talk yeah. about that. There, there, there is so much to talk about, and we'd love to hear from you this morning. It's a typical Monday that's it's going on everywhere. Uh, the uh, the NFL playoffs have just started. I was there with Tom Brady last night with a, boy, wasn't it a star-studded crowd, virtually the entire Lions outfit and virtually the entire Broncos outfit at this mm-hmm. big event with Brady last night. Some good in, messages for them. In Australia, for about 36 hours. Yeah. And he's finished, his, got up at the end of the show and said, I love Australia. Yeah. Well, I don't, he went out apparently to Lone Pine and saw some koalas and kangaroos yesterday afternoon. But there's no doubt about the man. How did he get out there? Uber? Um, or tip, on I'm, the ferry? I'm tipping chopper. Yeah. Uh, that's the way. That's the way he rolls, Tom. He was talking about you know dining with Michael Jordan, and the guy interfered. He interrupted and said, "Who paid for that dinner?" He said, "We were at Michael's Golf Club. It was his turn to pay." You Not know, allowed so. to pay, probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then he, he told the story about uh, he phoned up you know, looking for some uh, Jordan shoes. You know, just he wanted to sort of start to wear them around. And uh, one of Jordan's reps said, uh, you know, what size are you, Tom? He said, a 13. He said, oh, he said, as luck would have it, that's what Michael's size. He said, the next day, literally the next day by whoever courier brings it in, there were hundreds of pairs of Michael's Jordan personal shoes have arrived for Brady to wear. Uh, standing in the studio shaking her head <laughs> is Vanessa. Yes, it was It was a star-studded event last night. Sounds Big crowd. Fun. Yeah, R&A. Look, he, he's very eloquent. And had the message of, you know, how he wasn't a great athlete when he first started off as a kid and it was just sheer work ethic mm. that got him to mm. the seven Super Bowls. He was a baseball catcher. Baseball had a lot of interest to him and, yeah. and then he decided pretty definitively that I'm going to play football. Yeah. Look, he, he he gave a lot, but I would have loved to have heard a little bit more about the Belichicks and the Gronkowskis of the world, the, the personalities. Yeah. But the message was pretty clear and, and, and like the Reese Walters of the world who got assigned football from him and... Uh, the Lachine Neals. That, that, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, the American, the American host, and uh, and he said, "Now we've got catching a ball uh, from Tom is uh, Lachine Neal from the Brisbane Lions." You know, so it was pretty that's good. Love it. So you, you reckon Lachine's not going to stick? Yeah. Don't worry. All these yeah, te- all these teammates were yelling, "Hey, Lachine!" So. <laughs> Look, let's hope he's provided that spark to the Broncos and Lions this year to go the next step. That's very true. All right, tell us that we're not going to get deluged. Okay, well we are. So sorry to burst your bubble there, but uh, as we know, a bit of an extreme weekend, wasn't it? We saw some intense hot weather. Those minimums over, the, uh, you know, at night were just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, some of the highest minimums overnight in years. Uh, we, the crews have still been working to restore the power to 10,000 homes who were blacked out by tropical cyclone Kiralee. Uh So they are pretty much uh, working to have all of that restored by the morning. But at the same time, that low trough, the weather system is moving into southern and central Queensland. So there are still moderate to major flood warnings possible in some areas. We saw some really high falls yesterday, 150 to 200 mils recorded through the Lockyer Valley. Brisbane averaged about 50 to 70 mils and more rain on the way today. So with those already uh, soaked catchments, uh, we are expecting a few flood warnings around. So look, we haven't 
haven't seen the last of it. A couple more days still of some periods of heavy rain, possible thunderstorms, but it will clear up later in the week. So, look, we're just experiencing it all at the moment, aren't we? But hang in there. We'll mm. get through it. And seriously, high tides on the river too. Mm, yes, mm. just pretty much all the effects. Now, look, we were all outraged last week, weren't we, when Margot Robbie failed to be mm. nominated for the Oscars for her um, role in Barbie as the lead actress. Um, but in a silver lining for Margot, she is coming to the Gold Coast next month mm. to pick up a very special award. She'll make a star appearance at the Australian Academy of Cinema and Television Arts Awards. That's the Actor Awards. So they're being held in Queensland for the first time, February 10. She's going to be awarded with the Distinguished Trailblazer Award for her contribution to the film industry as an actor and producer. And, yeah, she will be there to receive that in person. Good. So. I've got to be in Sydney that day. Sydney, otherwise I'd just hang around rickshaws. And I know, just hang around <laughs> the Gold Margo, Coast and, and try and spot her. Oh, good heels. Yeah, uh, pretty well, she much. Would, she would know that you think those budgies are appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not, maybe not. And look, a bit of drama in Paris overnight with protesters hurling soup at the Mona Lisa. Oh, no. I mean, thankfully, she is covered in protective glass, Mm -hmm. so the original painting was not damaged, but it's about farming. There's a few protests happening around there about conditions for farmers and food sustainability in the country, so that was their message. And and they want to give the government a message mm, or the art mm. department. Yes, but, well, they're kind of saying what's more important, art or our right to healthy and sustainable food. I'm not not thinking you're not going to get anything on the Mona Lisa. It's covered up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not very big. No, tiny. Yeah, it's always a shock, <laughs> it's isn't stolen, it? It's stolen, isn't it? It's not, that's just the fact that the one got stolen yeah, in the yeah, movie yeah. I watched. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Vanessa, thank you. We've got to get to a break at 6.21. We'd love to hear from you. That open line is 13 13 55. Our text line, there's been a few texts. I'll get through them in a minute. 0467 736 736.